second reading of the Ascension story, this time from the book of Acts. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit from not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a case to be made. God is a good father, the best father. It being Mother's Day, I'll expand that. God is our perfect parent. As a child and a father, I've come to believe that what children need most is dependability. If a parent makes a promise, I'll be there. Then it's hurtful if the parent isn't there. It calls future promises into question. I think children get an idea about how reliable their parents are when it comes to things like promised consequences and follow through. It's easy to say in a moment some things that we can't quite follow through on. If you touch my phone again tonight, you will never have a phone in your life. (laughs) Maybe how I'm feeling, but that's not quite something I can enforce. Promises and follow through are important to relationships. They establish trust. They establish confidence. How we've experienced promises in the past indicate to us what we can trust in the future. The Bible is full of promises. As soon as Adam and Eve start poking around the garden, we learn that God has made a promise. They are allowed to eat of every tree in that garden, save one. And like all children, that's the one that they must now eat from. They must test God's promise. Their test introduces death into the good creation. It leads to a more difficult existence in God's good creation. We are still paying the price, real consequences to be sure but not without mercy. Death was not immediate 
for Adam and Eve. And God's children are never abandoned. In fact, God went on to be with Cain and Abel, Noah, the people of Babel, Abraham and Sarah, everyone. Abraham and Sarah were promised unbelievably good gifts from God, a new land, descendants as numerous as the stars in the heavens, even as they were still childless. Those promises get fulfilled. On the story goes, and the people of Israel are restored to the promised land where they have the promised temple built. Promise after promise made and fulfilled, a reliable God proving His dependability. Even in the darkest days, see Job, God is still present. God's children are never abandoned. Mary knew this story. Zechariah knew this story. So that when they were told that Jesus would be born, they rejoiced. They rejoiced that the Messiah would come to them. They celebrated that once again God remembered His promise to their ancestors that salvation would come. For those disciples who walked with Jesus, who served with Jesus, who received His ministry, salvation had come. Salvation was in each moment with Him. The words He said, the mercy He offered, the faith He exhibited. Salvation didn't begin with His death. It was His life. And it, and it wasn't just moments in His life. It was ongoing. It was, it was wherever. It was however Jesus was present. But then suddenly He was absent. For three dark days, Jesus was absent. And while his death showed him to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, it was his absence, him being taken away from the disciples that caused them grief. So three days later, when Jesus promised that he would be restored from death, that he would be raised from the dead, was proving true, once again, the reliable, dependable God was celebrated that, that God would fulfill His promises was a source of joy. But there was one more promise the disciples were looking for. One more promise they were wondering about. And this time they were sure it had come. Their Lord had defeated death, been raised from the grave, and He was now, they knew, poised to give them the restored kingdom of Israel, that which they had longed for, finally, that promise would be fulfilled. Do you know how when you want something badly, that's really all you can think about? It consumes you. It changes your perspective on everything. Tom and Jerry cartoons. Tom's hungry, Jerry runs by, and all of a sudden Jerry looks like a drumstick with legs. It consumes you. Everything starts to seem like that. Your thing becomes your obsession. I was in a meeting this week, off campus, not central people, 
And I thought I made a compelling argument about the direction of our task force, where we were headed, some concerns I had about that. I was feeling good about the argument I made. Another pastor chimed in. He he said, I understand exactly where Will is coming from. And I thought, oh good, this will seal it. He then laid out the exact opposite conclusion to what I had drawn. We had the same information. He thought we had come to the same conclusion. But one of us was mistaken. One of us was so convinced by what he or I thought was important that we were sure the other had either said the same thing or the opposite thing. We do this with Scripture. We want to prove our case, whatever our case may be. We have preconceived notions about how the world should work. Then we glance through the Bible and it seems like every scripture we come across supports the very thing we were saying. Every verse is like, that's what I was talking about. It seems obvious. Until someone reads off the very same verses and uses them to say the thing that they were interested in, which happens to be very different than the thing you were interested in. Jesus said the Father's promise was coming. The disciples were excited. They were ready. They just knew that this promise was that the kingdom of Israel would finally be restored in the way they wanted it to be restored. Finally, they'd have that thing they'd been waiting for. It will come. But that wasn't the promise that day. It will come, but but perhaps not in the ways they imagined it will come. The kingdom will come, but... That day, that's not what Jesus was up to. That day, the promise, the one that the Father made, the one that Jesus was offering, that day's promise was the same promise that God has been offering since the dawn of creation. That day's promise and this day's promise is that God will always be with us. It's that very promise that makes these days before the final arrival of the kingdom, not only tolerable, but good. Jesus was compassionate with his disciples. He knew that his leaving, his departure, would not be easy for them. They relied on him. They they depended on him. But he deserved a seat at the Father's right hand. His life, his death, his resurrection, his divinity, all made him worthy of an exalted place in heaven, which meant his immediate presence would no longer be on earth. Even so, Jesus' physical absence from us never means God's absence from us. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. It's that we are not Alone. We are never alone. We are never without God. I've traced the story from Genesis. If I traced it through Acts into the early church right up to today, the story would be the same, that God is reliable, the Father is dependable, God is with us. I need that assurance. I need that reminder. 
just as my life has been so much more stable, more secure, more fulfilling because of my dependable parents, so it is with our dependable God. I've had one of those weeks where I've needed to remember that God is dependable, present, with us through whatever we go through. We have new staff members. We'll have new pastors. We're saying goodbye to a pastor and his wife, people we've come to love. That's a lot of change for us. People get anxious in times of change. The General Conference of the United Methodist Church will start its meeting this week. Every time they meet, we wonder what will that mean for us? What decisions that our delegates make, how will they affect our life together? People we care about are hurting. We understand well what that ancient thinker Philo said. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle. Forty days after the resurrection, the disciples were battling. And I am grateful to God that their struggle is included in our scriptures. I'm thankful that we can imagine them standing there, their heads still spinning about the resurrection, and now this talk of ascension, of of being left, this... Jesus' departure. What will they do without Jesus right by their sides? Do they really have to lose him again? Knowing their anxiety, Jesus spoke of the Father's promise. And since they knew God's story, since we know God's story, they knew we know that God's promises get fulfilled. They always do. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come to them and next week we'll read about the Holy Spirit coming to them. He said they wouldn't be alone in this world and in their ministry and we can read about how they weren't. He said the Spirit will lead them to be His witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all and to the ends of the earth and here we are in Florence, South Carolina. Devoting our lives to Jesus? Like the best parent we could ever imagine. The promise of the Father is dependable. And the most consistent promise of all time is that God is with us. Even, especially, in the battles of this life. God is with us. Thanks be to God.